This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast. Welcome to Untangled, a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast following Heidi, who is Swiss, and Henry, a Brit. We explore the UK-Swiss cross-border issues faced by this international couple in connection with their family lives and their assets and businesses. But before they're happily ever after, there's a lot they need to think about, and we will stay with them in good times and in bad. I'm Alice Martin, an English qualified lawyer in our Zurich office, and I'm joined today by Gregoire Uldry, a Swiss qualified partner from our Geneva office. We're here to talk about Heidi and Henry. Heidi has persuaded Henry to move to Switzerland. Heidi's Swiss, Henry's British, and I'm going to ask Gregoire about some of the things that they will need to think about. They both come from wealthy families, they met studying in the UK. Henry's family in the UK have a business in property development, and he mentioned there are some trust structures and companies involved. But to begin with, Gregoire, thank you very much for joining me. Hi, Alice. What things does Henry need to think about when immigrating from the UK to Switzerland? Well, I think obviously the, the first thing is, is related to residency and work permit. And as you know, there's a great uncertainty related to Brexit. So time-wise, time timing will be of essence, especially now. So um, in a summary, if he moves or if they move to Switzerland before the end of the year, the process will be very straightforward. And he will still be considered as an EU citizen from a Swiss point of view. There was an agreement that was signed that is aiming at you know, um, preserving the rights uh, acquired until the end of the year. So if he moves before the end of the year, he will have no difficulties of getting a work um, and residency permit, most likely a B permit to start with. Um, situation will, would be uh, different if they do it after um, the 31st of December of this year. Um, and there are things going to get more complicated with a lot of uncertainty, quotas in place, most probably, and treated as non-EU national. So my first advice to them would be if move, you, fast, move fast if you, can. <laughs> if you can and if you know where you want to relocate in Switzerland. Yes, now you mentioned where in Switzerland because Heidi knows, of course, she's Swiss. Um, but Henry might not realise that Switzerland is a country which has four national languages, obviously French, German and Italian being the main ones. And although he can get generic advice about moving, is it right that some of the details will depend on where in Switzerland they want to move to? Yes. Well, the first advice I always tell the clients, it's there, there is obviously a tax element to it. And we have very different systems from one country to another. And depending on their personal situation, what they will be doing whilst they're here, consequences could be different in terms of inheritance tax as well and, and, and wealth tax. Uh, but that's one element. Uh, obviously, you have many others and money and tax is one thing, um, their business, and, and also from a cultural point of view, very important. Mm. So it's uh, normally the, the, the advice we give the client is move to Switzerland first, as to spend a few months here, um, you know, talk to advisors, see where you, you th think you're going to be comfortable and mm. uh, where to relocate. Um, now, obviously, there is the Heidi factor here. So she probably has <laughs> um, knows already where she, where she wants to go. But, uh, yes, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it's a very special country from that point of view. Very diverse. Very, very diverse. Landmass. Yes. Um, 
Henry mentioned to me that when we talk about Switzerland, he thinks it's a bit of a tax haven. And isn't there some kind of lump sum deal? Yes, there is. Well, um, there is a lot of um, preconceived ideas about Switzerland as, as being a tax haven. It is not a tax haven. Now, there is indeed for um, a very small um, number of people in Switzerland a different tax regime than the ordinary one, which is the forfait lump sum taxation regime, which apply, which is interesting for very high net worth individual. Um, but one of the conditions is that um, you're not allowed to work uh, whilst you're in Switzerland benefiting from this, or at least not in Switzerland. So from what we know uh, from Henry's situation, it probably will not apply to him. And due to his age as well, it's not something to consider. Okay, thank you. That's that's really helpful. So he's probably going to want to be working. He'll probably be looking for a job, which possibly might be even with Heidi's family business. I think she's in, her family's in tech and pharmaceuticals. But in terms of the the next things they should think about, so if he's going to be on a ordinary tax deal, um, he, he mentioned that he's a beneficiary of a trust structure in the UK and there are companies in that trust structure. Is that something that we need to ask about? Absolutely, um, for, for several reasons. Uh, first of all, as a general principle, when a client relocates from one country to another, you want to look at what can be done in terms of pre-location uh, measures of structuring um, to see if there's some benefit of structuring his assets in a way or another to, to mitigate, um, you know, for example, the tax implication before relocating to that country. In our case, um, it could be interesting for him indeed uh, to set up his own structure, for example, to avoid to some extent paying wealth tax in Switzerland. Now, there's an, from what we know, there are already uh, trust structures in place within the family. He's involved, from what we know, as, as beneficiary. He might be a trustee or a protector as well. Mm. We, we, we want to make sure he's, whether or not he was also a settler at some point of some of the structures. All of this needs to be looked at because you want to have certainty on how he's going to be treated from a tax point of view in Switzerland, bearing in mind that the Swiss tax authorities have their own criteria how to treat those structures. And um, uh, an example that uh, we always come across often is discretionary irrevocable trust from the angle of the governing law of the trust. It's clearly irrevocable and, and uh, discretionary. However, from when you apply the Swiss test to, to those type of structures, quite often they are actually completely transparent and considered as revocable. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, example is if the settler is also a beneficiary or ma- one of the, the beneficiaries in, within the class of beneficiaries. So what you want to do is look at those trust instruments, see if they need to be amended somehow, and also then submit a tax ruling to the relevant cantonal authorities to have certainty on how those trusts will be treated uh, throughout different events of, of their life, if I may say so. Well, speaking of the events, and and thank you, this was really interesting. So speaking of events, what are some of the events that might possibly happen in his life or his family's life, which within the trust structure could have a Swiss tax? Yes. Well, the first one is the time of setting up the trust. Well, those, in our case, they're already in place. Another event you want to look at is at the time of the settler's passing, um, whether that falls in his estate or not from a Swiss tax point of view. But then, again, if you reside outside Switzerland, we, we should be fine. You will also want to consider what will happen at the time of a distribution in favour of a Swiss resident beneficiary. Yeah. Uh, you also want to make sure that if it's a fixed interest trust, for example, how 
what are the tax consequences are going to be for the beneficiaries, irrespective of any distribution, things like that. So okay. there are quite a lot of uh, aspects we want to have certainty. And, and, and again, therefore, we would need to contact the tax authorities and, and ask for a ruling. Now, you mentioned a ruling, and with my background in the, the UK tax, um, you don't really tend to get rulings from the UK authority, HMRC. In fact, if you get asked questions or have to share a lot of information with them, you're probably having an investigation, you're probably feeling pretty nervous. Is that the same? No, you have to understand that it's a, it's a very, um, not informal, but straightforward process with the idea of the tax authorities being a partner, uh, having a very commercial-oriented uh, vision of things. So a ruling is basically a letter you would send to the relevant tax authorities explaining that you have a client who is, is about to move or who is about to set up a trust, and you would explain the facts. And then you would explain from a legal tax point of view how you considered um, you know, the different events to be treated from a tax point of view. And you send this letter to the tax administration who tend to be pretty reactive or prompt to answer, depending on the canton. And if they agree with your analysis of the case, they would just send the letter back to you being stamped. Uh -huh. And that allows you then to go back to your client and say, well, now we know exactly what's going to happen. So it gives you um, certainty so, where you've got non-Swiss structures as yes. to how they're going to be interpreted. And, in and in some cases, law. it might be that, well, you're going, to, you're going to have no benefit from a tax point of view, but at least from a, in terms of um, estate planning, for example, mm. um, uh, yeah, estate planning or passing on you know, a company to the next generation, things like that, it's still very useful. And indeed, you do get the, the certainty you want. You mentioned companies. I, I think Henry said he's a director of some of the family companies. With my UK lawyer hat on, I know that if he was moving to the UK, I'd be worried about making companies UK tax resident. Is there a similar worry here? Absolutely. If uh, depending again on the nature of, of the company, the business, and how you know the company is structured, but let's imagine for a second it's a it's a a small company, family-owned, and he's, he's really the only person active in this company taking all the decisions. Well, if he does move to Switzerland and he continues to operate uh, from Switzerland, um, well, the company will be considered as being effectively managed from Switzerland, or at least there is a risk it will be, and therefore become a Swiss tax resident. Uh, now, you might have some double tax treaties in place and others that would, that would help, but that's clearly a situation you don't want to find yourself in. So there's, there's some thinking there that needs to be uh, done. And, and uh, yeah, we can advise, obviously, um, the client on, on these type of matters as well. Great, thank you. So when I go back and talk to Henry and Heidi, as well as the immigration issues to do with visas and permits, I'm going to say to them they really need to look at their family structures and their involvement in any trusts or companies, and that ideally that needs to be done before they move. So if they are trying to move before the end of 2020, they need to do it pretty fast. But if they can't move that quickly, they shouldn't give up hope. It's still There's still important things they can do, even if they're starting to do it in 2021. Yes. That's enough for me to take back and talk to them about. Thank you so much. Just as a final point, are there any other considerations that you think we should flag with them? Well, generally speaking, clients, before they, they relocate, they'd like to know, uh, again, going back to taxes, how much taxes they're going to be paying. So we, we want normally to have a very clear view of their assets, future income, and then we, we would you know, uh, provide them with a, a pretty clear simulation of how much they're going to be paying 
bearing in mind that Switzerland can be a bit complex mm. uh, and that your attacks are three different levels um, at, the, at the municipality, cantonal and federal level. So, so there's a, like a national level, there's a the national canton level, level yes, and, and municipality. then municipality, which is a bit like um, a big parish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's one element. Obviously, you also want to consider what will be the impact of the relocation on the matrimonial property regime. They're not uh, married that, yet. They're not they married yet, but they will it. be. Um, hopefully, we wish... <laughs> Um, and that's also a notion for many people who do not live in civil law countries that they're not very familiar with. So we want to advise them on that property regime. Um, also, you know, we have to consider this. They're not yet married, but we have to discuss about potential divorce already. Yes. What, what would happen in that case? Congratulations and plan for the worst. <laughs> Indeed. And obviously wills, estate planning, yeah. um, which law will apply. There are a lot of things that can be done, but I think that will be probably the subject of another Absolutely. podcast and episode. Yes, you, this is fantastic. I've got lots of lots of more questions to ask you and our colleagues on other things that Heidi and Henry need to think about. But that's brilliant for now, Gregoire. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast, part of our series Untangling the UK-Swiss cross-border issues faced by Heidi and Henry. You can find the rest of this series at the Charles Russell Speechley's website, or on Podbean, iTunes and Spotify. Here we have discussed the UK and Swiss legal issues at high level only, based on current law and legal practice. This does not contain legal advice. If you or your clients would like to know more about any of the things we've discussed, please get in touch with your Charles Russell Speechley's contact or email us at untangled at crsblaw.com. Thank you. This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast. <laughs>